Welcome to the Living on Purpose podcast. I am your host, Maddie Wollner, a multiple business owner, life coach, busy mom of three, and curious student of life. This podcast is a place for inspired women to gather. Each week, I will share personal stories, quick inspo, strategies that you can implement right away, and engage in real conversations with badass women who have made the conscious decision to live a life on purpose, one that they have intentionally designed and that they now demand. No more allowing our lives to be defined by everyone else. No more putting ourselves on the back burner. No more living in a state of default and never going after our goals or our dreams. We are going to live our best lives on our terms. Living on purpose is our goal, and we're going to get after it starting right now. All right, this is the part where I get to give you a huge virtual hug and thank you for reviewing this show, My Labor of Love. These ratings and reviews seriously mean the world to me. This comment comes from Kristen Michael. Kristen says, Maddie's positivity and zest for life make her podcast engaging and fun. I love hearing from her. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kristen. Uh, Your review seriously makes my heart happy. And I would love to hear what you think of the show. Leave a review and I would love to give you a big virtual hug on a future episode. You are tuning in to episode 18 of the Living on Purpose podcast. And today I am interviewing Marnie Ray, and we are talking all things sober. Marnie has been alcohol free for 17 years and has recently created the hashtag Sober Not Boring. And this movement is amazing. I have to admit, I was super nervous to talk to Marnie. I was really, really concerned um, about what taking a deep dive into sobriety would look like for me because A, uh, I'm not sober. B, I love, 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 love my red wine. And C, was this chick just going to tell me to stop drinking altogether? No. My fears were totally unfounded, and this podcast is definitely not intended and will not create fear, shame, or guilt. This podcast's intention is just to shed light and create curiosity, which is exactly what I hope it does for you today. I completely enjoyed this podcast, and I know you will as well. So let's go. All right. Welcome to the Living on Purpose podcast. Marnie Ray, I am so excited to be chatting with you today about your amazing movement and sharing it with our listeners. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat today too. Awesome. Okay. So before we really get into it, can you just give us a quick overview overview of who you are and what has you excited right now? Sure. Um, well, I'm a wife and mom of three kids here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, I run a full-time business, a construction company with my husband, but in the past, probably four years ago, I've kind of started a, I guess, the side hustle, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been sober about 17 years. And in that 17 years, I've had one major frustration. And that is that um, 
there is really not a lot of options for those of us that aren't drinking. Um, if you are at events or conferences or out at a bar or a restaurant, really our choices are very limited and um, lots of drinks that make you feel like you're at the kid's table. <laughs> so after a long time of waiting for somebody to fix that and seeing that nobody was really taking that on, I decided that I was going to start talking about it and creating drinks and um, trying to further the movement. So that's what's happening right now, um, which there is a movement which I'm proud to be a part of um, that's really taking hold. That has me really excited right now. Um, a year ago when we were talking about this, it was kind of just catching on um, this kind of sober curious movement. Mm. And now it's definitely um, full force. And that has me really excited. So oh, that's... Um, we, we've had some great opportunities to um, get the message out there. And there's a lot of people hopping on board. So. That's been fun. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I've been, I know we've been trying to get this podcast recorded for a while now. And so it's given me quite some time to honestly, Marty, get nervous about talking to you because I looked at my Instagram feed is filled with wine, right? I even on my bio, I say I'm a red wine lover and (laughs) I've really been um, looking at my relationship with alcohol in the last, I would say couple months. And it has me nervous to talk about being sober with you. I have to say, do you get that very often? Um, sometimes mm-hmm. I think that, um, sober is kind of a word used loosely. Um, mm-hmm. for me, it means obviously I quit drinking and went into recovery. Um, I went through the rooms of AA for quite a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't go anymore, but that's mm-hmm. what sobriety looks like for me. Yep. Nowadays, sobriety looks very different. Um, and I'm glad, I'm glad that people are starting to examine their relationship with alcohol because you don't have to be, um, labeled or quote unquote, an alcoholic to have issues with alcohol. Right. Maybe, um, it's impacting your life in other areas negatively that mm-hmm. you just don't realize. So um, I think it's okay to be nervous. And there have been times um, definitely when I've you know chatted with people that I can tell are very uncomfortable with the fact that they don't drink. Yeah. And that's okay. That's, mm. you know, that's their issues coming to the mm-hmm. surface. And mm-hmm. um, I just have always tried to um, live with the idea that if I can just be an example of yeah. what sobriety can look like, um, then that's what I'll do. That's awesome. So, so what do you mean by sobriety looks differently now? Do you mean that the stigma is starting to be lifted? What do you mean specifically by that? I think definitely the stigma is starting to be lifted a little bit. Um, you know, 17 years ago to get sober, you pretty much went to rehab or you went to AA and there just really weren't a lot of options. And now people are kind of looking at this from different angles and different perspectives. There's a lot of um, people that I guess you could call sober coaches, Mm -hmm. um, accountability groups. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of different ways that you can go about exploring your sobriety. And I like that um, because like I said, not everybody, I guess, could be classified as an alcoholic. And um, the challenge is that alcohol is so ingrained in our society. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a part of, everything Everything. we do and everything around us. So it's a little bit, it's hard to break Mm -hmm. free from that. Um, Especially when, you know, you've built that as part of your life. Mm -hmm. It's it's a habit. It's normal for you. 
um, and trying to explore what it would look like without it. And the great thing is that, um, you know, for me, I will never drink again because I just know I know me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And I, it, it's just not an option for me, but there are people out there now that, um, you know, they're calling sober curious where they're just, they just want to try it and see, yeah. is this really affecting my life negatively? So I'm going to quit drinking for dry January or, mm-hmm. um, one year, no beer, those kinds of things. And I love that because it, it's, I'm doing an elimination diet currently yeah. <laughs> because I'm having some digestive issues. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like that's the same thing. It's yeah. just exploring what's going to work well for you in your life. I love that term. Sober curious. It just is allowing us in a really soft, easy way to explore a relationship and to be curious Mm -hmm. about all things, including alcohol. And you're so right. I am actually reading a book right now. Have you heard of the book, the naked mind? Yes. Is it Annie Grace? Yes. Yeah. 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 That's good. It's so great. And one of the things that, um, I was recently at a conference as well and everybody, we were all drinking uh, at one of the dinners and one woman wasn't. And it brought up, um, the part of the book where Annie talks about how interesting it is that the sober one has to justify sobriety. Whereas the ones who are drinking uh, this drug, right. Don't a have poison, a literal poison, right? Right. We don't have to justify our wine intake. We need, right. yeah. So that was really, just really interesting and eye opening. And it's cool to just like have this little paradigm shift about it. Just like mm-hmm. starting to mm-hmm. look at it a little different. And I love sober curious. And I've never heard that before. It's so not intimidating. It's not because imagine if somebody came to you and said, "Okay, Madi." You know, today's the last day you can have a glass of wine and you're never going to be able to have a glass of wine again. There's just a whole mindset that goes along with that, that Mm -hmm. just kind of sets you up to fail. If you ask me, Um, you know, if you had cancer and they said, you know, drinking wine is going to exacerbate this problem, you probably wouldn't drink again. But um, it's nice to be able to just look at it and go, okay, I'm just not going to drink for this month or this Mm -hmm. week or this night even and see how I feel. Yeah. Um, and it's been, I've had quite a few friends do that. I, my brother did it for sober October mm-hmm. and he, um, he's a salesperson. So he's entertaining a lot, drinks mm-hmm. beer, wine. Um, and in the month that he didn't drink, he lost, um, almost 10 pounds and wow. he went in for his checkup and his blood pressure had dropped like significantly. Yeah. So he was just like, oh, I can't believe how good I feel. He's like, yeah. I don't want to give up. I don't want to give it up altogether. So I'm just going to have, you know, a glass of wine or beer maybe on the weekends or, yep. you know, but it's not, it's not going to be a nightly thing for me anymore. Right. And that's great. I think that's mm-hmm. so great. Right. Cause he was curious. He explored his options. He gave it up for a while. He liked yep. a one aspect, health benefits, the other aspect, total yep. elimination, not his jam. And he was able to make his decision that way. Yes. And I think the whole point here is that with this sober curious movement and hashtag sober, not boring is, um, sobriety is, is part of, is part of my story. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I talk about. And, um, if you have a problem with alcohol abuse, I would wish that you would get sober, but I am not, I'm not promoting for everybody to not drink. Yeah. I just think it's really great. Just like we explore a relationship with sugar or, yeah. you know, gluten or any, any of those kinds of things that are having a negative impact on our body. It's the same thing. 
Yeah. Well, do you mind sharing a little bit about your story? It's, I didn't know that you have been so- sober for 17 years. That's amazing. And sure. um, yeah, just tell us how you got there. What, what helped uh, make that decision 17 years ago? Um, so so uh, alcoholism runs in my family, which I think you'll probably find true for most people that um, have some challenges or have alcohol abuse is I guess what they call it now. Um, I started drinking at a very young age in high school. I was in high school in the eighties. <laughs> so drugs and marijuana were kind of our drugs of choice back, or excuse me, alcohol and marijuana were our kind of drugs of choice back then. I just drank. That was my choice. Um, so started drinking at an early age, um, continued through my twenties, um, kind of always deep down knew maybe there was a problem um, because I couldn't stop. Like it wasn't that I needed to have a drink every night, but once I had a drink, I could not just stop at one drink. Mm-hmm. And it always eventually ended up in a fight, um, a problem, some drama. There was just never any good that ever came up, came of it. Um, and then finally I had my two daughters and I think they were about five and nine when I quit drinking, probably, um, had my two girls and then we had, I was, I volunteered a lot at our, at their elementary school every year. We had a big fundraiser for them and I was always on the committee to to help with that. And every year we would invite a bunch of friends for kind of to attend the event, but we would always have a pre-function mm-hmm. at the house and um, it always involved a lot of alcohol and um, that particular year at the um, auction, I got really drunk before the actual event mm-hmm. and then went to the event and I proceeded to drink more and um, like was the embarrassing drunk mom. Like I couldn't talk to my kids' teachers, you mm-hmm. know, just, mm-hmm. it was just icky, icky stuff and um, got home that night and um, had already made the decision. I just knew deep down in my soul that that was the last time that that was going to happen. I don't, there wasn't anything that had triggered it. I just mm-hmm. knew yeah. That was that. Woke up the next morning and was prepared to sit down with my husband and tell him that, um, you know, I had made this decision. And he sat me down and said, you need to fix this yeah. <laughs> or else I'm going to take the kids and that's going to be that. Um, and we um, end of story. So um, we were both on the same page. which yeah, right. um, So um, I had a friend of mine who strangely enough she didn't drink but I didn't really know why okay and I approached her at school at my kids school when the next morning I just Mm. um, very awkwardly went right up to her and said why don't you drink Uh (laughs) she Uh told me and um, I just said I think I need some help and she took me to my first AA meeting and kind of helped me through that process so um yeah and then my story is not a whole lot different than anybody else's. The logistics might be different in the details, but, you know, we kind of always get, we get to that point where I think internally we just, we, we already know yeah. that something needs to be, needs to change. Yeah. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing sure. that story because the, the part that, how did you know that you needed help? How did you know to go not help? meaning community how did you why did you go to your friend and say why are you so that's a 
That's a really good question. And I actually had forgotten about this, but um, I had tried to quit drinking previously on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and I blamed it on, you know, stomach issues. I, I had all kinds of excuses um, on why I needed to quit drinking. So I tried a couple of times on my own to stop and I couldn't. Yeah. Um, I had gone to kind of a naturopath that had um, tested me for like food allergies and not knowing my history. She said, you have a severe intolerance for alcohol. And I was like, Oh, geez, I better, Uh I better quit drinking. And um, I literally marked the days on the calendar for every day that went by that I didn't drink. And now I look back and I'm like, who does that? Like, (laughs) like, if you just don't want to have a glass of wine tonight, you just don't have a glass Mm -hmm. of wine. You don't mark it on the calendar. So it was a very big part of my life. Um, And I think the longest I went, I didn't drink through any of my pregnancies. So Mm -hmm. probably nine months was the longest I went without drinking. Mm -hmm. But um, two months was probably the most I could go um, on any given time. I love that you brought that up. I knew I couldn't do it by myself. You you figured that out because you'd tried and and failed by yourself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love that aspect of it because it also, I think when we keep things to ourselves and try to do things, certain things alone, there, there may be some shame there. And Mm -hmm. so, um, for example, when I decided to read the book, the naked mind, I asked a girlfriend to read it with me so that we could just have dialogue, just have open communication Mm -hmm. about our thoughts and our ahas and our insights. So I didn't have to keep them inside, right? I didn't have to keep them secret. Because right. there's really nothing to be ashamed of no. when you're sober curious. Right. Well, you're trying to take care of yourself. You're trying to make a, a good decision for you and your family. So there's nothing to be ashamed about there. But that being said, our society has put shame on, you know, it's been very stigmatized over the years. And um, yep. so I admire anybody that can break free of that and be proud and confident of the choices they're making. Cause it's not, it's definitely not an easy one. You tell people you're going gluten-free and they're like, Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. You, know, you tell people you're going, you're going to quit drinking for a while and it becomes this whole thing. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But I think community is huge. And is it, I think it was Brene Brown that said, um, shame lives in the darkness. So, yeah. you know, the minute you can bring light on your story and light on the subject and talk about it, then it can't grow anymore. Absolutely. And I, I've always connected to that. Yeah. I love that. And that's really one of the things that I wanted to make sure that I did on this podcast was talk about hard things, right? Talk about things that people are like, Ooh, I don't know if I want to talk about that. If, if that is the stigma or if that's the preconception then I definitely want to be talking about it. Right. Yeah. And so that it, it lifts that shame. It lifts the triggers so that maybe whoever's listening that is curious can go talk to their confidant today. Right. Can go yeah. talk to their yeah. partner yeah. or their best friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. So That's I right. really, okay. I really want to get into sober, not boring. So tell me okay. how this started. <laughs> tell me all about it. I want to know all the things. So hashtag sober, not boring started because, um, to be honest, every time I went out and tried to order a drink, it was boring. (laughs) If I was lucky enough. So a, if I was lucky enough to find something on a menu, B, if, um, 
if I could get a server or bartender to make me something, they were always boring. So it's cranberry juice and tonic with a lime. It's a virgin margarita. It's a virgin mojito. It's just like, it's soda. It's, it was just always boring. And I, I'm like, it doesn't need to be boring. There can be really great um, mocktails out there that are unique and flavorful and beautiful. And it doesn't need to be this virgin margarita all the time. So that's how it got started. But then as I started moving along in the process, it turned into this whole kind of um, idea that being sober is not boring, because I think that's a huge perception. I've had people write to me and say, I'm worried about my social life. You know, how am I going to go out? What are we going to do? All my friends drink. Um, And I've been through all of that. Um, And I still deal with that sometimes. Um, But sober life, whether it's for today or for a lifetime, is infinitely uh, so much not boring. (laughs) I know that's terrible grammar, but (laughs) you get to be clear headed, you get to be present, you get to be joyful, you get to physically feel good. And um, I just think it's so much more exciting than my life ever was when I was drinking. So that's amazing. So what do you hope, what do you hope that the movement does? What's your hope for Sober Not Boring? My hope for Sober Not Boring is that we just can create a more inclusive community around people that don't drink. Um, Like I said, my um, mission here is not to encourage everybody to become um, alcohol free. That's my story. If you want to drink your wine or your vodka tonics or whatever it is, I think that's great. I just want us all to be able to sit around a table and enjoy that all together and have connection. Um, And right now, it feels like we can't do that because um, I feel very left out when I go to places and it's very alcohol focused and, you know, they hand me a bottle of water or a Sprite. Right. (laughs) So, and I know other people feel that way too. So um, I just, I would really like the hospitality industry and people in general really to realize um, that there is a huge population of people out there that are choosing not to drink. And um, it sounds really silly that, you know, serving a mocktail could really make somebody feel welcomed, but it goes a long way. Um, On the flip side of that, I think the hospitality industry is missing the mark. Mm -hmm. They're leaving money on the table Mm -hmm. and um, missing the mark in making their guests feel um, really welcomed at their establishment. So um, my hope is really just that people get the idea that not drinking is a completely normal thing. Yeah, right. (laughs) Like not smoking or not eating gluten or being a vegetarian. It's a completely normal thing. We don't have to ask a million questions about people who aren't drinking or why they're not drinking. They're just not drinking. And, um, And I think we just need to be able to kind of work, get a little bit closer to meeting that need as far as what we're able to serve them. I'm so glad that we're having this conversation because I'm hosting Thanksgiving and this podcast (laughs) will actually air um, a couple days before Thanksgiving next week. And I had never considered the fact that my options for non-alcoholic beverages are extremely limited. And so I'm so thankful that you just shared that because I I want inclusivity and I want connection. Mm at my table on Thanksgiving and every night. And so I really, really appreciate that tip, that little, that's kind of my aha so far. 
Well, thank you for saying that. And I, here's, here's what I want you to know, Monty, is it doesn't have to be, you don't need to go get on my website and pull off four different mocktails. There's some really great um, zero proof wines out there and zero proof Prosecco. I mean, it can be really as simple as just pouring something in a glass, um, San Pellegrino with a lime or lemon, but just showing that you put some thought into that person instead of, you know, offering them tap water or right. <laughs> tea. Right. So. Thank you. So you have a sure. quote and I didn't write down the quote, but you have a Shauna Nequist. Is it Nequist? I think so. I'm not quite sure how to say her last name. <laughs> you have a quote on your homepage. Um, mm-hmm. And I, and do you I, know what, what it is? And I'm curious why you quoted Shauna on your, on your website. Well, I love her. I don't know if you've read any of her books, but they are on repeat on my audible. I love her. Mm-hmm. Um, so the quote says, this is how the world changes little by little, table by table, meal by meal, hour by hour. This is how we chip away at isolation, loneliness, and fear. This is how we connect in big and small ways. We do it around the table. Um, I just feel like, I mean, that says it all. Um, whether you're sitting around the table or the bar, mm-hmm. those are those moments of connection. You've really brought people together for a reason. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's just extra important to make people feel welcome and included yeah. in those, um, all the time, all, you know, always, but definitely um, when you're around the table. So that's for me and our family, that's where we have some of the best memories yeah. and the greatest connections with the people that we love. Absolutely. If someone is listening to this and potentially sober curious, what, what advice would you give them? Oh gosh, try it. Try it. Okay. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and so I, I want to challenge you, Monty, because I know that you do a lot of challenges with your community, I I which do. I absolutely think is so cool. And I love, so um, January is dry January. Maybe that's a good opportunity to take on a new challenge. Um, if not, I would just say, just try it for like a week and just see how you, physically and mentally how you feel. You don't have to commit to a lifetime of sobriety, but um, definitely just give it a try. And I think um, people will be surprised at how good they feel physically, for one, um, but the clarity that comes in and kind of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I think they'll feel re-inspired and reinvigorated and um, we'll start to have a different take on maybe things in life. Okay. The advice, just try it. And Marnie, I'm going to take you up on that. I am going to do dry January. Yay! Oh, yay. So so anybody who's listening right now and you want to join in, um, let me know. Let me know, uh, send me a message and we will get, we will get this thing going. Well, and I would love to help with that, Matt Mati. Okay. So if there's anything I can do to be a part of that, you let me know. Okay. I'm so, I'm so excited for you. <laughs> I will. I will. Thank you. And, um, this has been like, I could, I actually probably could keep talking for four more hours with you on this subject <laughs> because I am so curious. And so I'm really excited to just try it and take your advice. I end all my podcasts with the same question. So I'm going to ask you, Marnie, what does living on purpose mean to you? Um, For me personally, um, I think for myself, I I always know inside the things that um, are important to me, that are, are in my heart, 
and um, are a priority, but they're easy to forget when you get stuck in the busy day today. So I just, I really try and check in um, and focus each day individually on what, what I want that day to be. Um, I, I just, I think it's so imperative that we actually take a few minutes to check in with ourselves and see how we feel about what's happening and um, who we're spending time with, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I, I really think it's just living um, in alignment with what we already know inside, but sometimes forget. That's amazing. Thank you so much. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Living on Purpose podcast. It has been a blast hanging out with you. If you loved this week's episode, please hit that subscribe button. That way you won't miss any future goodness we throw your way. Craving community and connection with like-minded badass women? Feel free to join us in the Living on Purpose Facebook group. And of course, the best gift that you could possibly give is an honest review on iTunes. All right, that's it. Until next time. Always keep living on purpose.